0: walking
1: forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
0: O Lord, open thou our lips, and our mouths shall shout forth thy praise. For oh God, make me to save us, oh Lord.
1: begins with Psalm 79, found on page 466 of the Book of Common Prayer. We'll say Psalm 79 and 80 in unison. Page 466. O God, the heathen are come into thine inheritance. Thy holy temple have they defiled, and made Jerusalem an heap of stones. The dead bodies of thy servants have they given to thee meat under the fowls of the air, and the flesh of thy saints under the beasts of the land. Their blood have they shed like water on every side of Jerusalem, and there was no man to bury them. We are become an open shame to our enemies, a very scorn and derision unto them that are round about us. Lord, how long wilt thou be angry? Shall thy jealousy burn like fire forever? Pour out thine indignation upon the heathen that have not known thee, and upon the kingdoms that have not called upon thy name. For they have devoured Jacob, and laid waste his dwelling place. O remember not our old sins, but have mercy upon us, and that soon, for we are come to great misery. Help us, O God of our salvation, for the glory of thy name. O deliver us, and be merciful unto our sins, for thy name's sake. Wherefore do the heathen say, Where is now their God? O let the vengeance of thy servant's blood that is shed be openly shown upon the heathen in our sight. O let the sorrowful sign of the prisoners come before thee. According to the greatness of thy power, preserve thou those that are appointed to die. And for the blasphemy wherewith our neighbors have blasphemed thee, Reward thou them, O Lord, sevenfold into their bosom. So we that are thy people and sheep of thy pastor shall give thee thanks forever, and will always be showing forth thy praise from generation to generation. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, it is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Hear, O thou shepherd of Israel, thou that leadest Joseph like a sheep. Show thyself also, thou that sittest upon the cherubim before Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manasseh. Stir up thy strength and come and help us. Turn us again, O God. Show the light of thy countenance and we shall behold. O Lord God of hosts, how long wilt Thou be angry with Thy people that prayeth? Thou feedest them with the bread of tears, and givest them plenteousness of tears to drink. Thou hast made us a very strike unto our neighbors, and our enemies laugh us to scorn. Turn us again, Thou God of hosts. Show the light of thy countenance, and we shall behold. Thou hast brought a vine out of Egypt. Thou hast cast out the heathen and planted it. Thou madest room for it, and when it had taken root, it filled the land. The hills were covered with the shadow of it, and the boughs thereof were like the goodly cedar trees. She stretched out her branches unto the sea and her boughs unto the river. Why hast thou then broken down her hedge, that all they that go by pluck off her grapes? The wild boar out of the wood doth root it up, and the wild beasts of the field devour it. Turn the attempt, thou God of hosts. look down from heaven. Behold and visit this vine, and the place of the vineyard that thy right hand hath planted and the branch that thou madest so strong for thyself. It is burnt with fire and cut down, and they shall perish at the rebuke of thy countenance. Let thy hand be upon the man with thy right hand, and upon the son of man, whom thou madest so strong for thine own self. And so will not we go back from thee. O oh, let us live, and we shall call upon thy name. Turn us again, O Lord God of hosts, show the light of thy countenance, and we shall be whole. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begin at the twelfth chapter of the second book of Samuel. And the Lord sent Nathan unto David, and he came unto him and said unto him, There were two men in one city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing, save one little ewe lamb, which he had bought and nourished up, and it grew up together with him and with his children. It did eat of his own meat and drank of his own cup and lay in his bosom, and was unto him as a daughter. And there came a traveler unto the rich man, and he spared to take of his own flock and of his own herd, to dress for the wayfaring man that was come unto him, but took the poor man's lamb, and dressed it for the man that was come to him. And David's anger was greatly kindled against the man, and he said to Nathan, As the Lord liveth, the man that hath done this thing shall surely die and he shall restore the lamb fourfold, because he did this thing, and because he had no pity. And Nathan said to David, Thou art the man. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel. I anointed thee king over Israel, and I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul. And I gave thee thy master's house, and thy master's wives into thy bosom, and gave thee the house of Israel and of Judah. And if that had been too little, I would moreover have given unto thee such and such things. Wherefore hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? Thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword, and hast taken his wife to be thy wife, and hast slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. Now therefore the sword shall never depart from thine house, because thou hast despised me and hast taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be thy wife. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will raise up evil against thee out of thine own house, and I will take thy wives before thine eyes, and give them unto thy neighbor, and he shall lie with thy wives in the sight of this son. For thou didst it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and before the Son. And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also hath put away thy sin, thou shalt not die. Howbeit, because by this deed thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme, the child also that is born unto thee shall surely die. And Nathan departed into his house, and the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife bare unto David, And it was very sick. David therefore besought God for the child, and David fasted, and went in and lay all night upon the earth. And the elders of his house arose and went to him to raise him up from the earth, but he would not, neither did he eat bread with them. And it came to pass on the seventh day that the child died. And the servants of David feared to tell him that the child was dead, for they said, Behold! While the child was yet alive, we spake unto him, and he would not hearken unto our voice. How will he then vex himself if we tell him that the child is dead? But when David saw that his servants whispered, David perceived that the child was dead. Therefore David said unto his servants, Is the child dead? And they said, He is dead. Then David arose from the earth and washed and anointed himself, and changed his apparel, and came into the house of the Lord, and worshipped. Then he came to his own house, and when he required, they set bread before him, and he did eat. Then said his servants unto him, What thing is this that thou hast done? Thou didst fast, and weep for the child while it was alive. But when the child was dead, thou didst rise and eat bread. And he said, While the child was yet alive, I fasted and wept. For I said, Who can tell whether God will be gracious to me that the child may live? But now he is dead. Wherefore should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. And David comforted Bathsheba his wife, and went in unto her, and lay with her. And she bare a son, and he called his name Solomon, and the Lord loved him. And he sent by the hand of Nathan the prophet, and he called his name Jedidiah because of the Lord. And Joab fought against Rabbah of the children of Ammon, and took the royal city. And Joab sent messengers to David and said, I have fought against Rabbah, and have taken the city of waters. Now therefore gather the rest of the people together, and encamp against the city, and take it, lest I take the city, and it be called after my name. And David gathered all the people together, and went to Rabbah, and fought against it, and took it. And he took their king's crown from off his head. The weight whereof was a talent of gold with the precious stones, and it was set on David's head. And he brought forth the spoil of the city in great abundance. And he brought forth the people that were therein, and put them under saws, and under harrows of iron, and under axes of iron, and made them pass through the bricklet. And thus did he unto all the cities of the children of Ammon. So David and all the people returned unto Jerusalem. Here end the lesson. Please join me in the Tate.
0: Oh! peace in our time, O oh Lord, because there is none other that fighteth for us, but only thou, O oh God. O oh God, make clean our hearts within us, and take up thy Holy
1: Spirit for all of us. O oh God, who art the author of peace and mother of God, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom. Defend us, thy humble servants, and other salts of our enemies, that we, truly trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries to the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings may be ordered by thy governance to do always what is righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Hear us, almighty and most merciful God and Savior. Extend thy accustomed goodness to thy servant Sally, who is grieved with sickness. Sanctify we beseech thee this thy fatherly correction to her, that the sense of her weakness may add strength to her faith and seriousness to her repentance, that if it shall be thy good pleasure to restore her to her former health, she may leave the rest of her life in thy fear and to thy glory, or else give her grace to undertake take thy visitation, that after this painful life is ended, she may dwell with thee in life everlasting, Through Jesus Christ our Lord. O Lord and Giver of life, receive our prayer for Hannah and Megan and for the children they are carrying, that they may safely come to the time of birth and, serving thee in all things, may rejoice in thy tender care through Jesus Christ our Lord. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. (laughs) The order of a Holy Communion is found beginning on page 242 of the Book of Common Prayer. Page 242. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Almighty God, unto whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are given, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of thy Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love thee and worthily magnify thy holy name. Through Christ our Lord. God speak these words and said, I am the Lord thy God, thou shalt have none other gods but me. Thou shalt not make to thyself any graven image, for the likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or in the earth beneath, or in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down to them nor worship them. Arrive, O Lord thy God, of a jealous God, and visit the sins of the fathers upon the children, unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and show mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Lord, Lord have mercy us, and incline our hearts to his Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Lord, Lord, Remember that thou keep holy the Sabbath day. Six days shalt thou labour and do all that thou hast to do, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt do no manner of work. Thou and thy son and thy daughter, thy servant, and thy maidservant, thy cattle, and the stranger the news within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth. The sea and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the seventh day and hallowed it. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. I Thou shalt do no murder. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Lord have mercy your to keep this Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Lord have Lord have Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his servant, nor his maid, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is right. his. Let us pray. O Lord, our governor, whose glory is in all the world, we commend this nation to thy merciful care. That being guided by thy providence, we may dwell secure in thy peace. Grant to the President of the United States and to all in authority, both wisdom and strength to know and to do thy will. Fill them with the love of truth and righteousness, and make them ever mindful of their calling to serve this people in thy fear. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, one God, world without end. The College Epistle and Gospel, appointed for the sixth Sunday after Trinity, is found beginning on page 172 of the Book of Common Prayer. Page 172. Let us pray. O God, who hast prepared for those who love Thee such good things as pass man's understanding, pour into our hearts such love toward Thee, that we, loving thee above all things, may obtain thy promises, which exceed all that we can desire, through Jesus Christ our Lord. You may be seated. The epistle is written in the sixth chapter of Romans, beginning at the third verse. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin, for he that is dead is freed from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more, Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Here end the epistle. verse. Jesus said unto his disciples except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees he shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. He have heard that it was said by them of all time thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother, Rock, shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say, thou who, shall be in danger of hell fire. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there, rememberest that thy brother hath fought against thee, leave thy gift people the altar, and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. Agree with thine adversary quickly, whilst thou art in the way with him, lest than any time the adversary deliver thee to the judge, and the judge deliver thee to the officer, and thou be cast into prison. Verily I say unto thee, Thou shalt by no means come out thence, till thou hast paid the uttermost part. Please join me in the Nicene Creed on page 246. Page 246. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God And was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures. And descended into heaven. And sitteth on the right hand of the Father. And he shall come again with glory to judge both the quick and the dead. Whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Ghost. The Lord and Giver of Life, who proceeded from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spake by the prophets, and I believe one Catholic and Apostolic Church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Please join me in Psalm 81 in the Psalms of David and Meter, the black book in your use Psalm 81 on page 167. Page 167 the Psalms of David and meter. <laughs> The Apostle writes to us, But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound, that as sin reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans chapter 5, verses 20 through 21. Paul would have us understand that the more evil and pain and suffering and misery humanity inflicts upon itself the more our fellow men join with the rebellious forces of evil and chaos, then all the more, all the more God's grace conquers. All the brighter the glory of Christ shines, all the greater the victory of righteousness and light becomes to those saved from the inky blackness. The apostle the apostle, after 25 years of preaching the gospel, the, the apostle is exhorting us to look at the mad armies of sin and death, those foot soldiers of damnation who seem to grow in power and wealth as they break the laws of God in his natural world. He wants us to look hard at these forces and know that the more they destroy and rage, the more God's grace abounds, healing the broken, remaking the lost. Paul is reminding us that the place to see daily divine victory is not yet in empty tombs, but rather in crosses. Which leads then to the question today's reading answers. Right? Paul writes, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? That's the question. The danger of a radical reordering of our understanding of the universe such as that revelation shared above is that humanity, in our blindness, ignorance, and evil, humanity can try to use the incredible and undeserved graciousness of God. We can use that, or try to anyway, as a tool to justify our false allegiance to sin and chaos. Sadly, we can pick up the cross of Christ, that victory, that symbol of perfect victory, and we can use it as a weapon against ourselves and our neighbors. There are many such examples. To embrace sin, because Christ has taken the horrors of my deserved wrath upon himself at Calvary, to embrace sin at that point is to enthusiastically join with the rebellious creatures who slaughter the world's sin. That he is to be the blood letter of Christ rather than one washed in his blood. However, A related danger to be avoided is to twist Romans 6 into a passage only about us and our behavior. St. Paul is, of course, concerned with us living in the love which can only be found in obedience to the Father. But he is at pains to first help the Christian correctly locate himself within the grand, world-saving work of the Trinity. Paul's point is not one of a life coach or a therapist. He isn't just telling us to try a little harder, be better, or, God forbid, to embrace chaos and feel good about our sins. Rather, the apostle is shaking us away to see just what God has done for us through Christ's death and our union with his death in baptism. Paul is at pains for us to see and know that the death of Christ and our baptism into that death accomplished something real and true and permanent. No one was play-acting at the cross. The evil mob really screamed and exulted in the Prince of Peace's death. Our suffering saviour, really felt the searing wrath of his creatures. He really died feeling the unimaginable pain of his creation assembled in hatred against him. Imagine. But just as Good Friday was not be shown, so too our baptisms into that victorious death was not some empty rite passage, but rather Paul is telling us today, the very relocation of our souls and bodies into the kingdom of grace Christ died to establish. A new birth into a kingdom where faith and trust are signed and sealed in an inevitable new creation. Inevitable new creation. But, you may ask, How real is this union between redeemed sinner and his Savior? Uh, How real could that possibly be? So real, St. Paul can write this passage to the Galatians. He writes, I am crucified with Christ. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That is pretty interesting. Arguing with the crucified king is the defining characteristic of the Christian manhood. It marks us as being dead to sin in the eyes of God. And if we are so marked by the divine gaze, then this shared death is the reality. No matter what avalanche of lies await us as we come around the next corner, And there are so many lies. So many lies we must resist. Not because our resistance is what makes things true or our faith real, but rather the opposite. To believe the lies of this fallen world is to believe in unreality, in fairy tales, not told to children to evoke wonderment, but told to adults to make us feel better about the evil we try so hard not to ponder. It is so very easy for Christians to fall into this trap. It is easy for us to treat the gospel like therapy or like any other product we grab to help us get through another day. But what Paul is reminding us again and again is that the gospel will not be tamed by us or anyone. God's victory over sin and death is not therapeutic. It is not some tonic we can suck down to assuage our guilt in order to be more focused and successful pagans. No, the gospel is the good news that we have died already to the horror of being a materialist or a racist, an adulterer or a pornographer, a murderer or a thief. Those lives are over now, and now we can live freely as the already dead and risen children of the new world to come. The Gospel, incredibly, is not about helping us get through the day. The Gospel is about being liberated to a freedom no man can take from us. To be so free that we can gladly sacrifice all of our days to the living God, singing and praying through the pain life in this fallen world will always bring us. It is, as St. Paul tells us today, if indeed our old sinful humanity, our old man, as the King James puts it, our old man was nailed to the cross with Christ, then we are exactly that reborn, regenerate people. We are new and free. And yet there is more. That's not enough. By the that, way, that's the message that changed the, the world. But there's more to that, right? While we are new and free even now, we have not yet begun to partake in the fullness of a glorified humanity. Not even begun. If death can no longer have dominion over the risen Christ by virtue of our baptisms, our union with that great sacrifice for sin and death, by virtue of that, we too will enjoy an existence no longer darkened by loss. And as we said, that life is just watching the things we love be taken from us. Interestingly, we hear that again and again in Ecclesiastes. We're reading through that now in the Daily Office. And again and again, things are being taken away from the preacher. And I look around the room today, and I know we all bear the undeniable marks of loss, the scars. Fathers and mothers we've lost, husbands and children, brothers and friends. The longer we live, the larger the quieter of our loss becomes. Singing to us in the rhymes and melodies of our past, reminding us of the people we once were and can never be again. Against this terrible noise, the sound of loss multiplied by the broken hearts of every man and woman who has ever lived, is against this crushing wall of mournful sound that St. Paul defiantly declares the truth by which all that grief and pain is finally harmonized into the righteousness and beauty creation has always been destined to reveal. He writes, Christ being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. But Paul is telling us, what he's seen in the eyes of a risen Christ is that the reign of death is broken. And so allowing the terror of our mortality to own and control us is as foolish as being afraid of the boogeyman werewolf, or any other childhood fear slain by revelation and reason. To serve evil, because we fear we must do everything we can to hold on to the fleeting pleasures of this short life, is to be consumed by the superstitious insanity which leads men to murder their own children, to ignore the suffering of the afflicted to debase ourselves with disordered sexuality, to yield over our strength and beauty and talents, to serve the broken and dumb gods of the dying world. As Paul says again and again, God forbid. God forbid. Instead, instead we must live as St. Paul commands. We must yield ourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. We are to live today and tomorrow and the next day and the next not as scrounging animals protecting what is ours, not as gluttonous beasts moving from satisfied desire to satisfied desire, but rather as fully realized, resurrected men and women whose immortality defines them. What experience am I afraid to miss if I have all of eternity to love God and enjoy his new creation forever? What sacrifice can I not make for God and my neighbor if eternity has been gifted to me and by my Lord forever? The answer to that question, of course, is nothing. Nothing. And so, we can kneel before the throne of our king, and we can hear with trusting hearts his order to take up our cross and die. We can hear that fearful order and march off to battle the kingdoms of sin and death, knowing we have nothing to lose as we have already been given everything. In the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Whatsoever ye would that men should do unto you, even so do unto them, for this is the law and the prophets. Please join me in hymn 140. the Apostle, has taught us to make prayers and supplications, and to give thanks for all men, we humbly beseech Thee most mercifully to accept our alms and oblations, and to receive these our prayers which we offer unto Thy divine majesty, beseeching Thee to inspire continually the universal Church with the spirit of truth, unity, and comfort, and grant that all those who do confess Thy holy name may agree in the truth of Thy holy word, and live in unity and godly love. We beseech thee also so to direct and dispose the hearts of all Christian rulers, that they may truly and impartially administer justice to the punishment of wickedness and vice, and to the maintenance of thy true religion and virtue. Give grace, O Heavenly Father, to all bishops and pastors, especially Peter, our bishop ordinary, that they may both, by their life and doctrine, set forth thy true and lively words, and rightly and duly administer thy holy sacraments. And to all thy people, give thy heavenly grace, and especially to this congregation here present, that with me, caught and due reverence, they may hear and receive thy holy word, truly serving thee in holiness and righteousness all the days of their life. And we most humbly beseech thee of thy goodness, O Lord, to comfort and suffer all those who in this transitory life are in trouble, Sorrow, need, sickness, or any other adversity, especially those for whom our prayers are desired. And we also bless thy holy name, for all thy servants departed this life in thy faith and fear, beseeching thee to give us grace so to follow their good examples that with them we may be partakers of thy heavenly kingdom. Grant this, O Father, for Jesus Christ's sake, our holy mediator and advocate." (laughs) The exhortation is found on page 255 of the Book of Common Prayer. Dearly, beloved in the Lord, he that mind have come to the holy communion of the body and blood of our Savior Christ, must consider how St. Paul exhorteth all persons diligently to prove and examine themselves, because they presume to eat the bad bread and drink the bad cup. For as the benefit is great, if with a true penitent heart and lively faith we receive that holy sacrament. For then we spiritually eat the flesh of Christ and drink his blood. Then we dwell in Christ and Christ in us. We are one with Christ and Christ with us. So is the danger great if we receive the same unworthily. But then we are guilty of the body and blood of Christ our Savior. We eat and drink our own condemnation, not considering the Lord's body. We kindle God's wrath against us. We provoke him to plague us with diverse diseases and sundry kinds of death. Judge, therefore, yourselves, brethren, that ye be not judged by the Lord. Repent you truly for your sins past. Have a lively and steadfast faith in Christ our Savior, amend your lives, and even perfect charity with all men. So shall ye be meet partakers of those holy mysteries. And above all things, ye must give most humble and hearty thanks to God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, for the redemption of the world by the death and passion of our Savior Christ, both God and man, who did humble himself. Even to the death upon the cross for us miserable sinners, who lay in darkness and the shadow of death, that he might make us the children of God and exalt us to everlasting life. And to the end that we should always remember the exceeding great love of our Master and only Savior Jesus Christ, thus dying for us, and the innumerable benefits which by his precious blood shedding he hath obtained for us. He hath instituted and ordained holy mysteries as pledges of his love, and for a continual remembrance of his death to our great and endless comfort. To him, therefore, the Father and the Holy Ghost, let us give, as we are most bound continual thanks, submitting ourselves wholly to his holy will and pleasure, and studying to serve him in true holiness and righteousness all the days of our life. Ye who did truly and earnestly repent of your sins, and all loving charity with your neighbors, and intend to lead a new life, following the commandments of God, and walking from henceforth in these holy ways, draw you with faith, and take this holy sacrament to your comfort, and make your humble confession to Almighty God, meekly kneeling upon your knees. <laughs> Almighty God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, maker of all things, judge of all men, we acknowledge and bewail our manifold sins and wickedness, which we from time to time most grievously have committed by thought, word, and deed against thy divine majesty, provoking most justly Thy wrath and indignation against us. We do earnestly repent and are heartily sorry for these honest doings. The remembrance of them is grievous unto us. The burden of them is intolerable. Have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us, most merciful Father. For thy Son, our Lord Jesus Christ's sake, forgive us all that is past, and grant that we may ever hereafter serve and please thee in newness of life to the honor and glory of thy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. (laughs) Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, whom his great mercy hath promised forgiveness of sins to all those who with hearty repentance and true faith turn unto him, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and bring you to everlasting life, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Hear the comfortable words our Savior Christ said to all who truly turn to him. Come unto me, all ye that travail and are heavy laden, and I will refresh you. So God loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son to the end that all that believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. There also what St. Paul said. This is a true saying, and worthy of all men to be received. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Here also the St. John said, if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he is the propitiation for our sins. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto our Lord God. It is every meet right in all bound in duty that we should at all times and in all places give thanks unto thee, O Lord, holy Father, almighty, everlasting God. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify thy glorious name, evermore praising thee and saying, Amen. and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, who of thy tender mercy didst give thine only Son, Jesus Christ, to suffer death upon the cross for our redemption, who made him, by his one oblation of himself once offered, a full perfect and sufficient sacrifice, oblation and satisfaction for the sins of the whole world. And it institute, and it is holy gospel, command us to continue a perpetual memory of that his precious death until his coming again. Hear us, O merciful Father, we most humbly beseech thee, and grant that we, receiving these thy creatures of bread and wine, according to thy son our savior jesus christ's holy institution in remembrance of his death and passion may be partakers of his most blessed body and blood whom the same night that he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he brake it and gave it to his disciples saying take eat this is my body which is given for you do this in remembrance of me body and soul and everlasting life Jesus Christ, which was shed for thee, preserve thy body and soul into everlasting life. Drink this in remembrance that Christ's blood was shed for thee. Join me in the Lord's Prayer on page 264.
0: Uh-huh. Pass
1: humble servants, entirely desire thy fatherly goodness. Mercifully to accept this our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Most humbly beseeching thee to grant that by the merits and death of thy Son, Jesus Christ, and through faith in his blood, we and all thy whole church may obtain remission of our sins and all other benefits of his passion. And here, we offer and present unto thee, O Lord, ourselves, our souls and bodies, to be a reasonable, holy, and lively sacrifice unto thee, humbly beseeching thee, that all we who are partakers of this holy communion may be fulfilled with thy grace and heavenly benediction. And although we are unworthy through our manifold sins to offer unto thee any sacrifice, yet thee beseech thee to accept this our bounding duty and service, not weighing our merits but pardoning our offenses. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, by whom and with whom in the unity of the Holy Ghost, all honor and glory be unto thee, O Father Almighty, world without end. The
0: glory